Peggy and Crowley has such an inspirational success story that I just really wanted to learn more about her and her journey. Having worked in the spa industry for 25 years, long before the spa was even a thing in Ireland, Peggyne is now a leading player in the premium spa business in Ireland and around the world. She turned the challenges of the pandemic to her advantage by creating her very own brand, Ground Wellbeing. From what started at her own kitchen table to now being the most sought-after wellbeing brand, not only at home in Ireland, but also across Europe and the States. Peggyne, you are taking the world by storm, and I am so unbelievably excited that you have taken the time to chat to me this morning on Go Do You. Thank you so much. Oh, Amy, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. And um, sure, I know your sisters, so it's fabulous um, to be connected. And it's always lovely to have conversations and Cork, us being two Cork women is just fab. So that's the best part. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we were having a little catch up here before we started about when, when I was small and Peggy was small. Um, thanks, Peggy, I appreciate it. Um, Firstly, could you tell us a little bit about your beautiful brand, Ground Wellbeing, and maybe a bit about what fed that pivotal decision for you to just bite the bullet, just do it, start your own brand? Because I read you were a little bit frustrated with the industry in terms of the emphasis being on appearance and anti-aging and that versus actual well-being did that have a part to play in it I think I think for a long time I've worked in design spas and whenever you work on a property in a hotel we'd always do a concept treatment um, and concept product private label product and you know you have a client they have a vision of how they'd like to portray themselves through treatment, through ingredients, through packaging. So I've always worked to a client's brief and I've always tried to steer them into the well-being space and how people feel versus how they look. Um, but it, it wasn't sticking. It wasn't sticking. People okay. were very much about their outward appearance and kind of um, that side of the house. So I knew when the time came and, and literally business shut down. And, and as you know, all the hotels and spas. So my design side of the house closed down during COVID and was paused. And my private label supply to Adair Manor, Cliff House and so on, all of that stopped. Um, so everything went really quiet, which was actually a gift. I look back on it now. And, and although there was a, a serious underlying anxiety, like will spas reopen? We we touch people, we breathe on people. Yeah. We tend to be in dark rooms that aren't well ventilated. Um, all of this would go through my head. And I just thought, you know, the idea of not being able to mind people and- When the, they needed it the most, probably. You know, and even, you know, post COVID, the guests that would come in, it all ch- it changed utterly. I mean, the people who were coming in had suffered grief, they'd suffered loneliness. And touch, when we touch someone, and it doesn't matter if it comes in the form of a hug of a loved one or a friend or family, or it's when you're with your pet at home and you're just sitting next to them and their body is next to yours and you're giving them a scratch on their belly or behind the ear or just a rub. Um, When bodies are together, they co-regulate and they release a hormone called oxytocin, which is the love hormone, which comes in buckets when you give birth, but it lives in us all the time and it's latent till touch till you touch someone or a child sleeps on your chest they co-regulate and it just puts you into that rest and digest state so for me in an industry where touch is is central to our business the thought of not having it there was there was a lot of heartbreak and fear in that but I, I I turned it into okay well 
how do we touch ourselves in the nicest <laughs> yeah, way, yeah. The way possible? Yeah. How do we manage that self um, care and how do we bring touch and essential oils? The whole idea, Amy, really is helping people to slow down and put time into their day where they breathe and they take in essential oils and they speak their body's language because we speak, we spend a lot of the day in our English speaking brain and in our to-do lists and in our busyness and we're in doing mode. And the problem with doing mode is it has stress hormones attached and it has adrenaline and cortisone pumping through your system. And when those hormones are in your system, um, you know, generally speaking, they're there to keep us alive, to make sure we jump out of the way of the bus that's about to kill us or push the brakes on the car. Um, But the world we live in now, those hormones are released when we get an email. They're released when we get a phone call or a text from someone who's going to send us over the edge. And we're deeply vulnerable all day long to these hormones. And when they stagnate in our system, especially around the gut area, they stop us from absorbing nutrients. Um, So people say you are what you eat, but you're not, you're what you absorb and you can't absorb your nutrients when you're stressed. And when you're not absorbing your nutrients, your body gets tired, it doesn't metabolize and you get a fatigue that's different to a tiredness from not sleeping. It's a deep fatigue in your cells and in your body and it leads to burnout. So I guess to answer your question, Um, no, I'm so interested by this because I love getting a full body massage. I love yeah. oils. It just I, brings you back into balance. It, It's the kind of thing that you get up afterwards and say, why aren't I loving myself? Like that was love for my body. That yeah. was minding, And that was me coming because we have the second brain, which is in the gut and the gut area um, is our feeling brain. And okay. it's how we absorb energy from the world it's how we give out energy to the when people say they get a gut feeling or a feeling from someone it's all through the solar plexus it's all through your gut area um because we can rationalize and be logical up here but our feelings our heart our energy chakras all live in our core and when you mind the body and when you holistically hold space for it whether it's through reflexology scalp treatments whatever it is you're speaking the body's language which isn't english it's breath work it's touch it's essential oils and the greatest way we can speak to our bodies is by eating well not all the time like i'm christ i work to a 30 30 70 sometimes 60 40 rule whatever works where the the midweek can be very good and disciplined and then it all goes to 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 hell at the weekends but generally speaking when you tune into your body and when people ask me what wellness is wellness is on a spectrum wellness is balance it's right there in the middle when you feel good and when you feel like yourself and that you're putting yourself first and you're being good and you're doing something you like to do and you've put being doing something that's in being mode on your to-do list because we're too quick to fill it with stress and tasks and 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 things like that and we have to be in that rest and digest state to to live well for longer in our lives and put ourselves back on our own priority list and not forget yeah. about ourselves because I'm definitely guilty of that since I became a mum. You know, yeah. it's like, as long as the kids are okay, then grand. I'll think about me afterwards and, you know, I yeah. might try and squeeze in something for me in two weeks' time or whatever. It's, it's not good enough, you know. We hold ourselves to high stand. Like, I can't relax in my home till the counters are clean. And I have two girls who leave sticky messes. Yeah. And a husband. <laughs> yeah. More oh. the husband, I bet you. <laughs> Yeah, they're, listen, they're the third the choice. But, but all I know, Amy, is that I 
I have to have order in my space. And what people need to realize is well-being is so much more than putting a face mask on or taking a bath. Well-being is your environment. So for me, having a candle, like setting the intention to do good work. So I'll have a nice space to do my work in. I'll light the candle. I'll have the lighting right. I'll have the temperature right. Because if my space is holding me and it's I've set the intention to do good work, yeah. it's like setting a goal or a target. You are setting your space up. And the same happens with friends and, and who you hold company and hold time with. Because if COVID taught me anything, Amy, it let me segregate the drains and the radiators. And yeah. really, a lot of people, those who shout loudest and demand your time are generally those who you a, are flattered when they want to see you. And you're like, oh, my God, this person wants to see me again. We'll see. Them. But then after spending time with them, you're like oh my god I feel like I've my lifeblood is drained of me and I don't feel good in myself and sometimes it's very hard to articulate it but some company is ego driven rather than self-driven it's, yeah. it's for your external world rather than your internal world the same as well-being versus anti-aging and how we how we present ourselves to the outside world I love so, it yeah I could yes, talk, I could listen can... to you talk about it all day and I keep saying to myself I have to do this. I have to put myself back on the priority list. And it needs to be a daily thing, really, isn't it? Even if it's only five or ten minutes, you need to just give yourself some time to look after you. It does. And you have to not ask permission for it. I find even with my, you know, my husband and my kids, I get to the stage where I resent them and I start shouting, saying, I'm going to have to do another big trip away because you didn't you till I came home you know there's moments where you want to punish people but instead you say your why and and you 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 say your why I need to do this because I just need to get back into balance I'm out of whack and I need to put my walk in with my friend or I need to do my what whatever you even go do you is fantastic because you has to it has to be central because we have lives to live. We want to be grandparents or, you know, if you just want to have a good life, a, yeah. a, a life worth living that is balanced and and you are living in it rather than just surviving it. So yeah. um, but it takes it takes guts. It takes it takes prioritizing your diary. And the funny thing is, the more you do it and tune into yourself and tune into your body the more easier it gets to do it because you start to reap the rewards. And it's a bit like if I travel during the week and come back on a Saturday, you know, I can feel myself coming in a Friday and scanning the place and seeing what kind of, how, how much Damage. am I going to, my weekend am I going to spend getting yeah. my house in order? Yeah. And then I get up on Saturday and I'm like, everyone, I need your laundry. I need to, and I kind of try and make everyone help me get order on the house. And Shane will get up and he'll just say, do you know what you'll do now? Go for a nice walk for half an hour. I'll have croissants in and we'll have hoovered the floor and we'll have... And I go and do the walk and, I, and I'm and i saying to myself in the walk, do you know what? Be nice to them. You've been away all week. Give yeah. them a nice, yeah. give them a nice time. And I'll come in and after the walk, about 10 or 15 minutes, the endorphins kick in and I'll start chirping and I'll say, oh my God, you have a party this afternoon, Bella and, and Louise, you're seeing your cousins tomorrow. And I'll start to be nice to people. It's just being... It's magic. It's a secret and it's magic and we need to all get in on the secret. Everyone, yeah. everyone benefits when I do me. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's otherwise I'm resenting people and holding it against them. And it's me who chooses what's on my to-do list. I'm yeah. only I can mind me. So well done. We can all take it. We all need to take a little bit more notice to ourselves for sure. Um Peggy, could you talk us through a little bit about how life looked at the beginning of the pandemic when everything went quiet? Uh, I recently heard that you approached your husband Shane and asked him if he could use your savings that you had together for your new oh. house 
and yeah. asked him if you could use all of that uh, to start your own brand. He said, yes, of course. Well done, Shane. Shane yeah. just sounds amazing. We all need a bit We're of Shane in our lives. And yeah. then you ended up in Brown Thomas. How did that all come about? So I suppose really what happened is as soon as I got brave and said, okay, What's it going to cost me to do my own brand? And once I got over the imposter syndrome of going, coming out from behind the, so any projects I've done in Adair Manor or the Cliff or the Marion or Mount Julia, I work with the most beautiful partners, but it's something you don't, I'll mention it on LinkedIn, I'll mention it here and there, but you don't go hell for leather on it. And suddenly I was thinking of putting a brand in the market and people be like, "Who, who does she think she is to do this? What's her you know, whatever the right or how does she have the knowledge to do this? And you, you're putting yourself out there to be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. And once I got over myself, literally, and decided to be brave and just do it because I had little choice as well. It was nice to be put in a corner where this was my next plan because I could only have a plan A, no plan Bs that I could diffuse energy over and diffuse risk. It was like plan A and plan A has to work. Now, lucky enough, I had a warm doorstep in Brown Thomas. I have done breath work workshops for them I partner with Lululemon so I have a great relationship with Brown Thomas I'm established when we launched in Adair Manor in Limerick we'd have partnered with them with Lemaire so I had good friends in Brown Thomas so by the time I came to them with my oils and my recipes that were already selling in under a private label very much like Weetabix and Aldi idea the private okay. label yeah um, so I knew the products were selling people were replenishing them when they'd run out so I knew we'd good recipes and I literally pitched it to them and they said, no, we'll take it on. It's a no brainer. We need to grow our wellness space anyway, but you need to be exclusive to us for six months and um, we'll market it for you. We'll do podcasts, we'll do newsletters. And and at the time, everything was closed. It was only online and online. The database Brown Hamas had is the most valuable in the country. So I would have given them my two children, and my husband who was working. (laughs) I'd have traded my whole. So I was like, perfect, let's just go for it. We went for it. We sold out online three times. We sold out on counter. Um, I was like the Lord Mayor on floor two in Brown Thomas. I met everyone I've ever known in my life up there. And the support, the Irish, I can't tell you, Amy, the the Irish, when they decide to support Irish, they they stack their hands full of boxes. And they know there was moments where my name is Peggy, which means small peg, and I'm six foot. And I had put Irish (laughs) names on my products yeah. and some whale goers would come up the stairs and start speaking Irish and I'd be like no listen I have to stop you right there yeah, but I do love the language but I'll, I'll never forget those weeks when we reopened for shopping and people coming in droves to support this business yeah. they'd read about it in the examiner they'd seen it online and um, the Irish are just incredibly kind I'd say you were pretty fast then forgetting about what people are thinking or saying you were saying this is working. And in your rear view mirror yeah. then you're kind of like, OK, I shouldn't have given that as much. Power. And you know what? I'd say it to my daughters. Now, we have to be aware of what stops us. We have to be aware of where the fear is coming from and putting perspective on it because it's it's total and utter. At the end of the day, we're, we mean so little to the general masses of people. We yeah. have to get a measure on that and just move forward and honour ourselves. Yeah, dead right. Um, what you recently created, Peggy, um, for people going through chemotherapy and active cancer treatment is absolutely groundbreaking. Um, I was reading about products such as the Minding, the Big Hug, Take It Softly. Not only are these products helping people with their comfort, well-being, anxiety and sleep, but also products that they can use on their skin throughout their treatment. Um, wow. How did that all come about? 
You know what? That's coming about for years. And it's simply because working with, so we set up this Irish SPAF association, Jesus, back in um, 2019. And we had kind of three critical areas we needed to work on to help our SPAS and at government level as well in terms of recruitment and attracting more um, students into the business. But we had a focus on Brexit and managing Brexit with our suppliers. We had a focus on sustainability because SPAS use a lot of heat and energy for water usage and plastic and so on. Um, And then our key one and the one that probably is closest to our hearts is inclusivity for people not just with cancer, but people with um, severe obesity, people with dementia, um, just how do we include them? Because by way of insurance and indemnity, spas have a checklist, a health questionnaire that you fill in as you come in. And when you tick any certain boxes on it, you need a doctor's note to have a massage. The, okay. the spa therapist isn't insured to. So people were being turned away with cancer and to a point that when someone is diagnosed, they're traumatized. They're understanding what their treatment plan is. They're finding out they'll have a big surgery at a certain stage. And, you know, when you go for surgery, people talk about rehabilitation post-surgery, but people need to prehabilitate. People need to move into that healing, rest and digest state. They have to acclimatize their body into healing mode and not be traumatized and stressed. And here you are, with someone who is going through possibly the worst time in their life and and yet a a friend tries to mind them by giving them a spa voucher which turns into turning up in your robe and slippers filling out a form and being turned away so when again when you need it the most yeah yeah so for us this wasn't this wasn't just something nice to do this just had to be be done done. so at an insurance level and at a training level we had a lot of work to do over the last few years and it's been done and we've brought in this amazing guru from the states well she's irish she's from dublin uh christine clinton who is a guru who is who is a leader in our industry you'll find a lot of us um who work as therapists and who who work with our hands in school, we might have been dyslexic. In school, we might we, we we mightn't have been the brightest in the class, and we don't learn academically. We learn by seeing, by touching, by smelling. We're tangible people, and um, we don't understand medical jargon. I don't understand medical no, jargon. And Christine Clinton, um, through a misdiagnosis of her husband eighteen years ago, went about with her holistic therapy and adapting it for someone with cancer and going to Sloan Kettering in the US and doing her doing due diligence to understand because people because you're working on the lymph and you're moving the lymph and people connect the lymph as spreading cancer and so on. There's so many different misconceptions about it all. So she broke it all down and trained us all, not just on the the medical jargon that we needed to be filtered through so we could understand it. Um, you know, the, the rule is first do no harm. You have someone on the bed that you want to mind. And if they've had chemotherapy, their vascularity, their veins have been reduced and have collapsed. So everything must be moved towards the heart to help with blood flow. And it's just understanding scar tissue. Sometimes someone will have a breast removed and the scar will adhere to the to the rib cage and affect breathing. So you want to do scar tissue release. For some people, the chemo has given them peripheral neuropathy in their hands and feet, which hurts their nerves. 
So it's how to, to mine that. It's building sequences around the scalp to bring hair growth back and manage any irritations from wigs. It's even having a wig stand within the treatment room. Yeah. So by the time we did our training with Christine to learn how to touch, how to help and actually not just give a safe massage for right. someone with cancer, but give a massage which is specific to give them relief of whatever they're going through and take it to that next level that was a gift that was a huge learning gift and we had to have models who were going through live treatment who were in recovery and remission and you also needed clients who were at end of life stage where their muscles had atrophied where their souls were on the floor and that was special oh my so god Oh, Peggy, I know. I was just thinking there's probably so many men and women around the world who are so grateful to you and We're your lucky. colleagues. We get, but we get to make a difference and that's yeah. a privilege. And the products were secondary. So by the time we did the training with Christine, it was a case of, OK, why are these people not allowed to use essential oils? OK, there's phytoestrogen in plants, which is why it's so good during menopause to use clary sage, ylang ylang, geranium, you name it. And they have almost an unlocking code that's similar to human estrogen and they just bring relief to the system and bring balance however if you have a female cancer you simply cannot use them okay. so you have to eliminate all the phytoestrogens you have to eliminate overstimulating um, essential oils like eucalyptus and things like that so you're left with about six so i I think of myself as a really basic artist with mm. with essential oils. It's like saying you're an artist, but you work with crayons. It, you okay. can't really, once you tune into essential oils, it's like mixing a cocktail. You do it often enough, you get the taste right, you get your little signature together. So, and some oils don't marry up with other oils. They don't marinate. They, you leave them, they smell lovely initially and you put them in the corner for a week and you smell them and it's just that gone rancid. Work. They just okay. work together. They, they didn't marry up. Um, so we had so little to play with in terms of the oils you can use. So it took me a year. The two greatest hurdles were finding the very effective ingredient for the skin. So the skin is going through oxidative stress. So if you can imagine, skin is our biggest organ and it's an excretory organ. So it's always removing toxins, excess, um, you know, urea, it all, you know, we sweat through our skin and it, it, it removes toxic waste. So chemotherapy is a poison and the skin is one way to remove it. But with that, you get rashes, you get heat, you get irritation, oh, yes. itchiness. So there's this amazing ingredient called astaxanthin, and it's a red algae. And it stinks like dead fish, but it's amazing in the skin. Okay. So we had this huge challenge for a year because the product needed to be premium. It needed to feel like a gift, like ground. It needed to smell like ground. Yeah. And it needed to feel like a premium, luxurious product you were using. Um, and you weren't using something medical or pharmaceutical and yet it needed to be safe and effective um, for the skin and for well-being and it did it took the year and you have to be really specific about the nail oil because the nail bed separates from the cuticle so you need licorice and sea buckthorn for healing so each product was well thought through and hopefully crafted to smell like ground and smell luxurious um, and we got there in the end so the products were just really the, you know the icing on the cake at the end of this project but the project where it began and where we've got to with spas and Christine and we're working with the SATCC in the UK which is a standards authority for care and there's now going to be you know you can log on and find a, a qualified therapist somewhere and 
just making it end consumer friendly. So you're making a big difference. Like this is, I know I can tell that it's not just a, a product for your business. This is a real issue We've close to your heart. To yeah, well done. The people who use spas have a certain amount of disposable income. We need to take this into care homes. We need to take this into cancer centers. So we have a long way to go to actually be sincerely inclusive. Um, but we're breaking, we're, we're definitely breaking through and, and that feels good. That must feel amazing. Well done. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. I'm going to bring it back a few years, if you don't mind. Um, you were quite certain at a young age that you wanted to get into the beauty industry. Um, I think you approached your dad, who was a, or still is, I'm not sure, a professor in UCC, and he said, retired. <laughs> "Is he yeah. retired now?" Yeah, he he's a good laugh. Now he's eight. He he's seventy. Is he seventy nine this year? Um, he yeah, he's an academic. So my dad, my mum would be very creative. She's an artist, and my dad would be very academic and very clever, really, to be honest. Yeah. And he would have worked in UCC and we were all going to do our degrees in UCC because A, it was free because he was yeah, Oh, yes, yeah. B, it was local. They wouldn't have to cover ourselves up in Dublin or anywhere. So it was just a given that we do it. But I remember always being fascinated with the skin. I would buy rose water and witch hazel in the chemist and I'd always be doing nails and makeup. So the the deal was, I said, if I can get a course done in UCC or whatever, um, can I go and do? And at the time, you couldn't you couldn't do holistic therapy. It was just beauty therapy. And I, I went in under the guise of doing facials and makeup and nails. But as soon as I was taught anatomy and physiology by way of touch and yeah. by way of how you get the body to surrender through breath and how Reiki and energy are energy point, as soon as I understood that we can self-heal that we have our own self-apothecary that we have our own with this amazing body that wants to be in balance and we just seem to tip it out of balance all the time by our lifestyle and I think as soon as I learned that I never looked back and it was just a case of of growing and learning more and and it was just at a time where it wasn't mainstream it was very niche and very quirky and I remember my dad I I remember the actual moment where he had let me go up. The deal was I got a good degree and the deal was I was going to go off. And as long as I could fund my own food and accommodation in Dublin, he'd pay the college fees to go to the best place in Ireland. So I went to Bromwell Conroy's, which was fantastic, fantastic experience. And then I worked on the cruise ships and I got to travel the world. I was in Sydney for the Olympics. I mean, we had an absolute ball. We were in the Amazon. We did South America. We did South Africa. We did an incredible time. And oh I remember God. coming back with gifts <gasps> for him. And I remember his, he would be a cultural geographer. So he would okay. speak of cultures around the world. And I remember his his lies filling up and him saying, you've been to the places I, I teach about. He said, I never credited what you oh, wanted to do and where it was going to take you. Yeah, and, yeah. and it kind of came full circle where at a young age, he kind of, and he would have always said to me as a kid, he said, you're smarter than any. He was pro-women. My dad would would be so pro-women. And oh, he I comes from it. a family who are very pro-women as well. And um, I look back at, and I know Shane, my husband, is the same with the girls. It really, when girls work together, it's magic. But when men believe in girls and when men believe in women and when men support women, it's needed to go full circle because uh, we do suffer from imposter syndrome. We do suffer. You have me you now know. getting emotional. <laughs> this is like the most no, emotional chat ever because it is so powerful. Yeah. Well, we do need, we need to be believed in. And then we believe in ourselves. It's not something, yeah. it's really hard to believe in yourself first. You need someone in your life growing up 
who's like you're well able just go yeah. for it and and try and you try and do it for your daughters but we're so busy putting manners on them and giving out to them and you're like yeah. you need to build them up yeah. as well you don't want them too entitled either there's a whole generation then yeah. thinking they're they're a bit overconfident so it's getting the balance right but I definitely think yeah you and I would say to everyone you know the leaving cert we, we live in a country there's two things we, we live in a country where you know we we are our whole economy depends on the Googles, the Facebooks, the big multinationals, and you have to build a workforce for them and you have to channel them through a funnel of academic intelligence to get there. But there are so many other intelligences. I, you know, I look at my uh, my second daughter, Bella, spatially, she designs her bedroom. She's really good at space and color and creative um, you know, oh, music yeah. intelligence. There's so many different emotional people who are really good at connecting and coaching. There's so many different ways to skin a cat and there's so yeah. many different careers you can have. And most of the jobs our children will have don't even exist right now. So we can't even imagine them. So if you can cultivate a belief that if you like doing something, do more of it, get really good at it, change it from a hobby to a small little business, you know, you know, have your foot in two canoes for a while. If you need your full-time job and you're doing your hobby, um, working for yourself, it's not for everyone, Amy. Yeah. It honestly is really hard. There's moments yeah. I I've got a bill from UPS, a surprise bill from UPS for 12 grand this oh, morning. No. I'm fighting my way through and speaking oh, to people in India who should be representing me in Ireland. And I'm struggling with like, there's moments in it that I'm like, this is not for the faint hearted. This is not for everyone. And, but for those who have something they genuinely love a craft or a hobby, and they can build it into something that becomes commercial. Um, you, you have to see it through. You'll it's regret magic. it. You yeah. have to, but it, you, you have to surround yourself with people who are ahead of you in the game, who'll support you, mentor you. Um, because it, it, it's, it's not an easy way out working for yourself while it looks you know, people will see like we're going over to Mexico and Miami now in the next month. We have a huge trip planned. And in oh, wow. April, we'll be Vegas, Las Vegas. And the U.S. is massive. I mean, it's just huge volume and we're almost not ready for it, but we keep plowing ahead anyway. But my point is um, on the outside, looking in at Instagram or whatever, that looks amazing and how lucky and how brilliant. No, not when you're getting that bill from UPS where you can't pay your staff at the end of the week and not when you know, you're crafting or we're doing a project at the moment for lymphatic drainage and a product for gut health. And one of them has been re rejected because it didn't stabilize or whatever. And that's two and a half grand just down the swanee. You know, you're kind of yeah. looking, every day you're facing it. It's an uphill climb, but it's it's an enjoyable climb because yeah. every day you get smarter at it. You get better and you also begin to edit out what's not serving you, what you, you have to become very effective and efficient. And so it's been a great learning journey. Um, yeah, it's it's a really, God, it's a really privileged space to be. And I have to say, I'm really, really lucky. To well, work we're just enjoying watching your journey because you are unbelievably inspirational. And I know I, I'm not speaking for myself, but anyone that I've even mentioned your name to, they're like, oh, yes, wow, she's doing amazing stuff. So well done. Um. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I listened to your image podcast with um, Melanie Morris when you were saying that you were thinking about the leap into entrepreneurship um, and you were saying that everyone kind of needs to manage the little beast who speaks negatively into your head. And we spoke a little bit about that, but you also said be real and also imagine that people are speaking positively about you. I thought that was really powerful. Um, yeah. what you give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You, you you actually have to, because you have to give yourself the benefit. It has to start 
That's with the first yourself, step. Yeah. Uh, having the benefit of the doubt, but also surrounding yourself, like tune into how people are making you feel, because sometimes it's not even what they say or do. It's, you know, Maya Angelou has a lovely quote on that, that it's how they make you feel. And the older we get, the better we are at tuning into that radio station, the better it is to have one or two really solid friends that would nail themselves to the cross for you. Yeah. Then a group, a group dynamic of 10 where two of them, you just can't bear that. But you, you keep staying Putting loyal. Up with them for, together, yeah. You can't stand it. Like there is a moment where we have to grow out of that as women. And I also think we, um, we had COVID. We had this moment where we got perspective from people that when we went back into the world, I think 2022 was really tough because we said yes to everything and we ran at it at a million miles and we kind of came into Christmas exhausted, depleted. And I know I'm going to be kinder and softer to myself in 2023 and to say no to things. So, yes, we have to be our own inner dialogue. We do listen to ourselves and we have to tune into who serves us and and who do we. So who who I saw a lovely quote um, you know, when you're with someone who helps you fall back in love with yourself, when you're with them, they love you so much, you yeah. find the love in yourself as well. So it's just keeping good company, keeping good spaces, keeping nice food in your belly that's going to give you and, and eating, you know, mindfully, slowly. Yeah. Being conscious that the more relaxed you are while you're eating, the more you're going to take these nutrients in your body and sleep better and wake better. And it's it's all connected. What we do by day will affect us by night and likewise into the next day. So it's just understanding the full connection of mind and body day and night and um, yeah. just just putting yourself on the list, really. And I think well, I, I turned 42 weeks ago and someone was asking me, they were saying, you know, God, how do you feel about being 40? And I said, do you know what? Actually, I probably feel the most content I've ever felt in my life. And that has a large, large part to play was that realization of I don't really care what people think. Like You are I'm, who you are. Yeah. You're a fully formed human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big girl now. <laughs> and you've realized no one really cares. Like Amy, no one cares anyway. Yeah. You have to you have to be strong and believe and be content. Because we need very little. COVID has shown us that. We need yeah. very little. But what we need needs to be real. It yeah. needs to be connected to ourselves. I listened to a lovely thing on the radio yesterday. Um, you had five words to, you had a chance uh, of planning your future and wishing for your future. Mm-hmm. And you were only allowed to use five words. Oh. And this man said more of the same. And I just said, that's gorgeous. Love that's, that's some, and you, you've just used a really important word, content happiness on a spectrum is like woohoo party and celebrating yeah yeah is balance and it's having enough and being grateful for what you have and it's a really soft warm word and it's what I seek for my children I think I have I'm aware of it myself and when I'm you know as soon as I swing into negative mode and into bad you just move back into gratitude because it's really hard to be shitty when you're being grateful you can't be two emotions at once so you know you saying contentment that's magic and good for you and happy birthday because the 40s is where it's at girl yes I love it um just briefly because it really as a mum myself this this really resonates with me but when you became a mum was there ever a time where you said okay, I, I can't be doing this. I can't be juggling motherhood and a career. This is just too much right now. Or did you always know that you had to stick at it career-wise? I think I'd worked co- corporate for so long and climbed the ladders within Elemis and Estee Lauder. And I was a high achiever. And 
suddenly I was really shit at being a mom. I was like, why am I so crap at this? Why am I not enjoying it? And I know now looking back, I wasn't ever going to be good so they could stand up, walk and talk and tell me what was wrong with them. So Mm. I'm in the throes of the best stage where they're still young enough that they want to hang around with me. We have great chats. Um, They're great kids. And and no, they're pure bitches as well. And they'd kill each other. (laughs) I I know they're not in nappies anymore and I can really be me with them and enjoy it. So there's different stages of the mothering journey that you'll be good at and bad at. And that's and making friends with that and being kinder to yourself. And that was one of my biggest lessons because um being a mom isn't an outward journey it's such an inward one yes and And it's it's a lonely one a lot of the time isn't it oh my god it's the loneliest because even when people are trying to help or give you advice you're like I know how like these are my kids I know them better than any like we're so vulnerable and I'd say that's part of a survival as well for me anyway because like my mom I'd probably listen to her advice about my kids and they're small but anyone else I'm I'm kind of like look this is working for me and this is how I'm getting through it and this are is you judging how I'm doing like, yeah. I'm really, like you don't ever you're slow to let people in because it's so private it's so personal a lot of us will mother like we were mothered or go the mm. complete opposite direction it's just so deep in us and all the while we're growing this human being and our real job. And when I break it down into what my real job is here is not to turn an asshole into this world. I have to produce someone who's going to, my greatest fear is that one of my kids will be bullying. You know, you, you want to produce someone who's kind, who will understand this planet, who will understand their place in it and that they need to add value and not go out there entitled um, because I won't be doing them any favors. So you have to make them strong in themselves and, you know, able to stand up for themselves but also get beyond themselves yeah. so it's a big it's a big job and it's um again it's a balance because you don't want them to be the bully forever. but you don't want them to be bullied either so it's no, like yeah no. would they'd be the two worst things to be bullied or be the bully yeah. like which is worse so I, I think I think you know like at no point when I got pregnant and you know when I it was so you know it's so sweet at the beginning you're like oh my god someone half me half Shane the man I love imagine yes. this person's going to come into the world and what buggy are we going to get? What color are we going to paint? And the next thing, it's a real human life that you have to keep alive. You're the one who decides, do we go back to the hospital? You did so this. You <laughs> yeah. up overnight and you're like, what? This is 24-7? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And am I ever going to get to shower again? Like, this is... So a lot of people, you know, postnatal depression, any of that, any... I just grieved my old life of just doing what I wanted yeah. all the time. And suddenly, I was in the four walls and running to a schedule so I could get my sleep that night and it was just it's just it's the greatest change in your life you'll ever have and it's the hardest job you'll ever be given but it's the best yeah it's the most fun and most loving and you get to really meet yourself as a mother you really and you have to be kind to yourself and there's different phases in it some are brilliant with the babies some are brilliant in the mid-years some people are just brilliant with teenagers I don't think I'm going to be that person but we've entered the disco era um, so we'll see how it goes, but all of it is just, you have to keep just remembering. It's just a phase. You'll get to grips with it. And by the time you're good at it, you'll have moved on to the next one. So that's it. And I have two teenage stepchildren and two small children. So I have a coming from all angles at the moment. I Peggy. saw your brilliant photo in the pajamas. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. So yeah, we have 18, 17, six and three. So it's, um, going out at night uh, to nightclubs, discos, senior infants and crash so it's like it's a minefield but anyway we're getting through it and we're enjoying You're the spread. journey yeah but mentally that's quite a that's a a mental spread like I don't I always speak about computers having RAM and bandwidth I, I don't like I 
the older I get, the less I have, less sharp. So that's a lot for you to, to, to be managing and, and to be working within the different dynamics of different kids as well. They all have their own personalities as well. And it's conflicting schedules because you just get the kid, the small kids to bed at seven o'clock. And then that's yeah. when the bigger kids come in and have their dinner and going out yeah. and having their showers and all that. There's no me time. I know. And we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have it any other way. Just briefly, Peggy, if you could start all over again on this journey, what, if anything, would you do differently? Oh, what a question. What would I do differently? I don't want to be putting you on the spot now. but No, listen, I probably would have needed a degree in Brexit and culture. <laughs> yeah. I, I went into everything very innocently. I'm, like, I'm not a detail person, so I'm not good at the, you know, and I'd probably go back and learn cash flow and managing cash flow and investments and so on. No, there's loads of tricky, there's been tricky corners on this that you navigate. But then once you're through the hoop, you'd never look, you'd never do it again. I'd never, yeah. I do you know what you're asking me, what would I do? I would never, first of all, go learning all of this again, no more than I go back to a teenager and learning yeah, all of life. that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, once you're through it, you're through it. Um, What would I do differently? Not much, Amy. I actually, Good. I've, managed, I've never missed a party or I've managed to keep my own life and my own friends um I've managed to keep a lot like given what I've put into this business I've still managed to have a nice life around it and that I'm great and I, you know what I used to be traveling an awful lot with work before now I'm in my nest I have I have a realization of how lucky I am in this house with my two daughters and my husband and the basics and um I'm slow to give that up so any trips I do I do that are worthwhile and literally when I'm at home, I do the school drop-offs. I do the school collects. I have a hockey match this afternoon. I make time for what's important. And I think that's come because of COVID. Because before that, I just thought I was an important person and I needed to be in India and I needed to be doing this. No, I have two girls who need me right now and I need them. And yeah. we're I, I'm making them a priority. So that's nice to have learned that and to be able to have my own business. So that's good. Well done, Peggy. And if anyone's career inspires you, is there anyone that can come to mind whose career inspires you? Because you're so inspiring to so many of us. No, I, I, I look, I love people who give back. Your sister Gillian is amazing with, with her is. big job and yet she has time to inspire young people. I think us as women, we have a duty to show girls they can be anything and do anything. So anyone out there who's not just doing it, but sharing it and going. I do a lot of work with the schools, going in and speaking to St. Angeles, Mount Mercy and going in and, and telling girls just because the leaving will set you on a path to do a certain course. It's a much bigger journey than that. And I only found out I only found what I was doing that I loved, you know, in my late 20s or whatever. You know, it, do, it doesn't land when you're 18 or 20. No. So you must make the most of your journey and you must have people to look up to and, and see that they've broken through. Um, so, no, there's a lot. Any woman who's just doing, you know, and and it's really hard because they try and tell you you can have it all, you know, freeze your eggs, do yeah, this. Yeah, do yeah. This. There is no having it all. There is no balance, but you can strive to prioritize what's important, important to you. Yeah. So I think um, any woman who's killing it dead in that respect, most women, I just think women, I think when you look to see what we do from the dishwasher, laundry to to the conference room, yeah, to the to, Zoom you know, calls, all in, <laughs> yeah. right, all in, and it all just gets done and we raise kids and. No, it's it's we live in a good time. It's a good time to be a woman. Yeah, it is. No, here, here, and 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 Gillian and all the girls that I wish, it's such a powerful um, 
event. It's coming up soon now in February in, in the RDS. And I'd be listening to these women's stories and I have tears in my eyes. Like it's, it yeah. moves you. They move yeah. each other. They're, they're so inspirational. Um, Peggy, congratulations on your well-deserved success. I hope you continue to enjoy this fabulous journey you are on. And thanks so, so much for talking to me this morning. Only delighted. And you have to come out to us uh, on the Model Farm Road CRU. Yes. You have to come out to us one day, definitely. I'd sure. love to. Peggy, thanks a million. You're a star. Best of, of luck to the hockey match. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I told her there'd be no McDonald's on the way home if she doesn't win. So we'll that <laughs> <laughs> Thanks anyway, a million, Peggy. Bye, love. Bye. Bye.